Hi, welcome to episode 609 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott. And I wish I could spend one day a year as a real human. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today is Fantastic Four, Volume 4, Number 8, from August 2013. The Mobsters Are Due on Yancey Street by Matt Fraction and Mark Bagley. And so we start on Yancey Street. The owner of a st- the owner of a store, Ira Rosenbaum, is getting harassed by some mobsters, getting the shakedown for protection money. Does that still happen? My first thought is this must be a flashback to like the 1940s. So inside the store, it's an apoth- apothecary, in an old-timey drugstore. And it does look old. By the end of the page, Mr. Rosenbaum takes a head to his face, specifically to his nose. Then the mobsters make a mess of the store and leave. And one of them says, One way or the other, you're gonna pay. Everybody does. Can't Rosenbaum just take his security camera footage to the police and say, like, Um, these pricks need to be arrested. So next, we see the Fantastic Four arrive. And at this point... Ben is back in his human form for a day, and this is where Ben wants to be. Here! We see they have traveled back in time, with Ben dressing up in some old 1930s or 40s type clothing. He tells everyone goodbye, because he's got 17 hours left as a human. And this is where he wants to go? I thought he'd want to go back to the present for some more, you know, adult activities that a rock monster can't normally partake in. But nope, he's back in time, visiting his old neighborhood, like in the 1930s or 40s? Of course, originally Ben Grimm did grow up in that era, but due to the sliding timescale of Marvel, Ben would have grown up in like the 70s and 80s. He buys a magazine called Astonishing Tales and a candy bar for 15 cents. Then he gets splashed by a car passing by. One of those old-timey cars. This is definitely not the 80s or 70s. It's raining on this day, and I was wondering, couldn't he have picked a better day when it wasn't raining? You know? He could, you know, go check the weather before he travels back in time, you know? You know, if I'm traveling back in time, I'm picking a good day with nice weather. Ben sees these two mobsters from earlier. They get out of the car, and they go to a, into a building at 55... Yancey Street. Ben gives his magazine to a kid and tells him to get out of the rain. Why the hell is this kid sitting out on his steps in the rain, anyway? What the hell's going on there? Ben follows the two mobsters into the building. The mobsters are are knocking on Ira Rosenbaum's door. And it doesn't sound like they want to Netflix and chill, either. I think they want to break more parts of his face. Ben comes up, has a little scuffle with the two men. He tells them that it sounds like Rosenbaum ain't home, and maybe they can come back later. The mobsters take note of this guy who's giving him grief, 
and they say they never forget a face, and they leave. After they're gone, the door opens and Rosenbaum and his wife are there, asking Ben what he wants. Ben says he grew up on Yancey Street, and he seems to be rudely taking him forward, trying to force his way into the Rosenbaum's apartment. Ben says it looks like they're in some trouble, and he'd like to help. So they decide to let him in their apartment, and they introduce him themselves as Ira Rosenbaum and his wife, Petunia. And no, it's not that Aunt Petunia. And just to make that clear, they have been mentioned to the Rosenbaums that his favorite aunt's name is Petunia, just so people aren't confused. He introduces himself as Ben Grimm and says they don't need to be scared no more. Why the hell has Ben come back in time for this? To stop a couple of mobsters from bothering Ira Rosenbaum? This is very strange. First of all, he's not even changing time. He's just creating another timeline. So, big whoop. Plus, I don't think he's going to get laid here unless the town slut is Petunia Rosenbaum. Or Ivor Rosenbaum. Meanwhile, back on the FF's ship in orbit over Earth, Franklin is telling everyone about a dream he had. And ugh, I hate listening to people talk about their dreams. But I guess if you're, if you're the per- kind of person where your dreams come true, that might make them a little more interesting. Franklin tells a story about his dream, and it's super vague to the point of being useless. He says something bad happened, like really bad, the adults took over, Val and him were left alone on the ship, and then Franklin says, everybody said something different, but Uncle Ben's, Uncle Ben said he had done something when you guys were kids, something secret, he was sad about it. Something secret that Ben did when he was a kid? I wonder if this has anything to do with the time that Ben and Reed were quote-unquote college college roommates. On the next page, the secret is that Ben thinks that he messed up with Dr. Doom's experiment when they were in college, namely the experiment that blew up Dr. Doom's face. I thought we had already established that Reed saw that Doom's calculations were wrong, that he didn't want to take advice from Reed, which is why the experiment blew up. It was Dr. Doom's own hubris. This is one aspect of Dr. Doom's origin that really does not need any revision. Valeria says that she had the same dream, and Reed's like, Ben said what? Ben said what? Back with Reed and the Rosenbaums, they're having dinner. They ask Ben what brought him back to Yancey Street. He says, there's a little man not far from there, and he's going to hurt. He hurts girls. He hurt, he hurt a little girl that means the world to Ben. Is he going to stop the puppet master from molesting Alicia? Or whatever bad it was that was done to her. I just assumed that was it. Ah, no, no, not yet. So anyway, sorry about that. But he can't be talking about Alicia now, can he? I mean, sliding timescale and all. He's got to be talking about his mother or his grandmother. It's the 1940s. The Marvel sliding timescale is always confusing when they travel back in time to a period in history that was within their own lifetimes, but no longer is. If you know what I mean. Ben says he's going to break this guy's hands so that he never hurts anyone again. Now, Mrs. Rosenbaum ain't too happy to hear about this, telling Ben, you're no better than them, and adding, you're a monster. Well, that's kind of on the nose there. She wants Ben out of the home immediately, and she storms out of the room. 
So the two men head back down to Iris' store with Ben helping him clean up. Ben says he came a long way just to beat someone up. Ira asks if this guy really did hurt girls, and Ben says yes. One girl, for sure. He's going to blind her. So, he is talking about Alicia. So, when it comes to the sliding time scale, Matt Fraction is like, he gives no shits. At this point in the, in the 2013, Alicia's childhood, childhood should be in the 80s at least. But nope, Ben's back in the 1940s. At this point, the two mobsters return with friends and baseball bats. Oh, that's nice. They want to play baseball. I guess Ben doesn't like baseball because he rushes in and he starts punching these dudes. Somehow, Ben beats the crap out of four or five dudes with bats, even though he's in human form, and they head off in the rain, with Ben telling them to come back with more men. He dares them. So a couple hours later, they come back with more men and machine guns. Ben didn't mention that. And it's clobbering time as Ben has turned back into the thing. The machine guns don't do any good. Ben wipes the floor with everybody. He tosses some dudes around. He crushes up some cars, his favorite thing to do. And this encourages the rest of the neighborhood to gather around, to band together, and surround the mobsters as, as if in the future, the mobsters will be too scared to come back. I don't think so. When Ben is not around. No, that's not very likely. Ben says goodbye, and he heads back to the ship. What about the molester guy who harms girls? What about that plot thread? That was the whole purpose of his visit. Why was that ignored? Did Ben spend 17 hours with, with Ira Rosenbaum? Ugh. On the ship, Valeria and Franklin have two t-shirts. Franklin's says, Call. Valeria's says, Idge. Put them together, it says, Idge Call. Or put them in the other way. It says college. The kids said. The kids say. Guess where we're going? College. Valeria is like four years old. You know, right? Probably. I kind of think if you want to go to college, you have to go to kindergarten first, right? So that's the end of the issue. Such a frustrating issue. They never really did get to the point of why Ben traveled back in time. He gets sidetracked by this whole Ira Rosenbaum nonsense. The whole story is one big sidetrack. Ugh, not good. So now, we're ready for this. And so a brief look at the craziness of FF Volume 2, Number 8 by Matt Fraction and Mike Allred, a story called You Can't Go Home Again. And the issue begins with the Baxter Building teleporting back to New York from the... Uh, from the negative zone. Still, whenever this happens, you gotta imagine that the foundation of the building has to be shit. In Latveria, Alex Powers reads about this in the newspaper, The Daily Bugle. Doctor Doom has a subscription to The Daily Bugle? What, the Latverian paper isn't good enough for him? Doom smacks Alex around, calling him an impudent whelp after he suggests he goes back to New York to check on the kids. He says, You think Doom cares for what you want? That you have agency in your own life anymore? Let me show you who owns your life now, Alex Power. He grabs Alex by his hair down to the dungeon underground to show him that Alex's parents are being held as Doom's prisoners in the dungeon. 
And this is just about the most evil Doom I've ever seen in a long time. Like, what a real dick. So anyway, this is great. Darla the girl, who's been wearing the Thing costume, only without headgear, she gets a gift from Scott Lang, which is two rings, which, when she bangs the rings together, the suit, the Thing suit, grows around her. And yes, she says, Thing rings, do your thing. Which finally, I don't know why it took so long for reference to the Thing cartoon for the 1970s, but it finally happened. Oh man, that cartoon was the worst piece of garbage ever. There's a scene where the Inhumans and the FF team up, and they go back to the Himalayas, the former home of Attilan. Boy, Matt Faction loves his FF history. I'm not sure why they're there, but they're having a conversation about how Bentley duped Melissa Medusa earlier, not Melissa, Medusa earlier during the last couple of issues. Now there's some friction between the She-Hulk and Medusa because, you know, meow, they're women. And She-Hulk is not a fan of Medusa's holier-than-thou royal attitude. Bentley heads back to the Baxter building where Artie and Leech have caught on to the fact that Bentley is breaking bad. And later, Alex Powers shows up back at headquarters as the unwilling agent of Doctor Doom, I suppose. And back in Latveria, Doom is hanging out with a group of Kang, who calls himself Kid Immortus because he's a young Kang, and his girlfriend, Ravona, and Annihilus. I don't recall Doom and Annihilus ever meeting before. By the way, this is such an odd group. I'm very curious to see what they're up to. I guess we'll find out next time, because that's all for now. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at PodcastFF. And you can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Been a lot of places I've been all around the world Seen a lot of faces Never knowing where I was On the horizon mm, Well I know, I know, I know, I know The sun will be rising Back home Living out of cases Packing up and taking off Made a lot of changes but not forgetting who I was on the horizon. Ooh, well, I know, I know, I know, I know the moon will be rising back home. Don't forget we are song.